0: If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for
1: Android.
2: Hey, this is Tommy, and you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. It's time to get lost and re
3: Outside the scene, but here you are with me. Fiona's Lair, Once Upon a Time, and now, uh, just the Lair, kicking it here for another edition of Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Elon, uh, if you're joining me for the first time, thank you, and if you are a return listener, thank you as well, uh, but also, uh, could you hit me up by email already? Give me that good old-fashioned feedback. I'm a radio dork. I can handle a little noise. Uh, Lost and rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Every week on LNR, we strive to learn a little bit more about our younger selves through conversation, naturally, and also by listening back to sounds of the past. As it is the eventual goal to connect the dots and find out how we got from there to here with the freshest of ears. Now earlier this week, Will Hasty and myself got to interview Tommy Cormier from the band Golden Alphabet. And to get us primed and ready for the next 50 some odd minutes, here's the most recent single by Golden Alphabet, The Way I Was Born. Huh. Big title for the themes that we're about to explore.
1: Be
0: here. Tommy Cormier is a band leader for the Quintet Golden Alphabet, who in the before times you may have caught out at Pete's Candy Store, The Cake Shop, or Berlin Under A. He's originally from Tucson, Arizona, but how did Tommy get from there to here? Well, to shed some light on that, as well as to talk about Golden Alphabet's new album just released last month entitled Removable Baby Jesus, which is an amazing name. Welcome to Lost and Rewound and Radio Free Brooklyn, Tommy Cormier. Yeah!
2: Thanks for having me, guys. And Thank you for being
3: here. This welcome, is so exciting. You're a, it
2: very much is.
3: You've been living in Brooklyn with your wife now for, God, what, a little over a decade, huh? Yes, indeed. Wow. It was hey, a, a
2: decade uh, last Sunday. Yeah.
3: Wait, so you were miss- a proper New Yorker
2: as just, of last
3: Sunday? I just
2: got my official card. Yeah, it came in.
3: Amazing. <laughs> but does it expire? <laughs> uh, I don't No, it, no it doesn't as expire. As a kid, right? as After a kid that, born you, yeah. and
0: raised in Brooklyn, dude, you're official. You're like, you're yeah. a hardcore New
3: Yorker now, man. Yeah, I don't think I can leave now. When you moved to New York in January of what now? 2011. Yeah, there was a huge blizzard when you got here, wasn't?
2: there? Oh, there definitely was.
3: Yes, talk about that a little bit.
2: That was that made the welcome to New York very interesting because we both arrived here with just a suitcase and nothing else, and uh, we stayed in my sister's kitchen for the first month that we were here. We slept on a blow up mattress in her kitchen. How long your um, sister's
3: been living in New York already? At this or
2: she point. had been at that point. She had she's uh, moved to Seattle since, but uh, she let us stay with her. My older sister. Um, but getting out like basically it felt like this like we basically landed and I think we were like the last plane that was like allowed to land the day that we landed it was like 10 o'clock at night the snow is like you have to like you have to march out of the cab and I I don't even know how this cab got us to where we were going the next morning you basically just couldn't leave we went out around the corner and there's a bus stuck in the middle of the road there's like oh yeah cars that were just i remember everywhere
3: yeah great and storm.
2: and like i mean i came from tucson arizona and i had been to new york before but like i hadn't spent that much time in brooklyn i only went to a couple different spots but i had no idea how big the sidewalks were until like the end of february because oh my the God. sidewalks it's were essentially like great. six inches wide essentially at that point <laughs> Because there's this teeny little valley that you would walk down just,
0: just like the pathway yeah. Yeah. Just the pathway oh dude
2: that's such yeah. a unique
0: experience i mean like as well first off just just let's go from like southwest to coming to the northeast in the middle of the winter questions like did you have a jacket right like did you have oh. a proper winter jacket oh i, I would hope so
2: i I did, I did and i'm glad i did i had some boots that only lasted through that winter yeah um and uh because i didn't like weatherproof them i should have <laughs> um, at one point i thought about just getting like this like shellac spray that i found and just like shellacking my boots just to make it so that they wouldn't like stop we, we didn't have any money or like a real job yet any corner we could cut we would cut it
0: <laughs> nice nice to so, say yeah then don't diy all the way my
3: friend yeah <laughs> You and your wife Kendra had an original iteration of the band that you still have today, uh, Golden Alphabet. That you kind of just took it on the road and brought it to East.
2: Well, yeah, we didn't even really think about it that way. Like we we had the band in Arizona, which was like probably anywhere from like five people to fifteen people, depending on who could show up for the show and who could play but uh we kind of just didn't want to live in tucson anymore so we both graduated college and then we're like we want to live in new york now and so we just went not really thinking about the band so much as just getting out of there and i think it took probably took a couple years for us to start doing anything like live related for golden alphabet here because we just weren't concerned with that i joined a couple other bands and kind of focused on that for a while and then uh we're like okay now we have to just get a band going again for this
0: where did you and your wife meet did you meet in school did you meet in high school did
2: you meet we actually we went to the same high school and we knew of each other but never spoke to each other all through high school uh it wasn't until senior year of college we both went to the university of arizona Mm -hmm. um i ended up crashing a party like a friend of hers was like in a fight with her and wanted to bring a bunch of people to a party that she was having <laughs> to make her upset like a bunch of people she didn't know and I was one of those people that she oh. didn't know oh, wow. <laughs> and so so Magic, my friend. <laughs> so I, sh- I showed up and you know the rest is you know history I guess
0: so you guys meet at this party you're both, at this point, are you both musicians? Or are you both very, are you both, do you both know that this is like what you want to do with the rest of your lives? Or?
2: Uh, well, I was a musician. I only really started playing music or taking music in general seriously as like a musician myself for a few years at that point, because I started playing guitar when I was 15. Mm. And I basically went from like not caring about music at all to buying a guitar and being like, this is all I ever want to do. And we started dating when I was... 18 so we'd been together forever
0: you're 18 you know you want to be a musician did she know she wanted to be a musician she had
2: her mother was a piano player and she had been in orchestra and uh had never played bass or like rock music as a musician but then i started my the first iteration of golden alphabet around the time i met her and I needed a bass player. And she said that she like earlier I remember her talking about how she played stand-up bass in orchestra. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, if I got a bass, would you just play it? It's <laughs> <laughs> the best pickup line ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so she's like, Well, I mean, we, we'd we already been dating at that point, but I kind of like in a way, I kind of like forced her to be in my bed. I was like, Okay, we're gonna sit in the living room and I'm gonna teach you all the parts. So she playing electric bass, the only thing she'd ever really done was. Play in Golden Alphabet, so we just kept doing that.
3: I have to ask because we had a guest years ago who waxed about having a hip hop group in Tucson and trying to uh-huh. envision what the Tucson music scene, much less the hip hop scene, is like. But what was your experience?
2: I was more involved in like the punk scene in Tucson, which for for like a hot minute there's there's uh, there's a pretty decent scene. Um, there's a lot of like all ages venues. Kind of action going on. There's this place called Dry River, which was an anarchist collective, um, and it was just kind of this little warehouse-type building that was emptied out, no heat or anything. And we played most of our shows there. We weren't a punk band, but it was a punk scene. I was in a punk band when I was in in high school. I was taking that more seriously. And then, was that your first order. band? My first like real band was this band called Feel Good Revolution. <laughs> And we were like post-punk kind of stuff. We'd either play this place called Hotel Congress, which was it was a hotel, and uh, but it was it had a decent music scene there. It had a good stage and good sound. Or we'd play at Dry River, which was the Anarchist Collective. And there's lots of other venues, but we didn't really like playing anywhere, anywhere else. <laughs>
3: For this uh, hour, we uh, are diving into Golden Alphabet songs that uh, actually go back around this time, actually. Um, Right? I mean, we're looking at uh, early, we're calling it the 10s now. The 2010s, yeah, if not like that? even yeah. even before the 2010, I suppose, uh, right? Uh, 20, can you yeah. verify?
0: Can you sort of say, I mean, other than the aughts, it's not, I mean, like, I feel it's like.
3: The, aw- the aw- tens. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I think as, as far as the the old stuff I gave you, the, the newest one, I think, was released like a year before, or no, uh, just before I moved to New York. It ranges back to, I think, like 2006 or 2007, I think.
3: Uh, we have a lot of songs to listen to this hour. Um, without further ado, uh, walking down to the cellar. Um, pretty straightforward. or wh- Is this a wine cellar or is this a, a, a <laughs> cellar where you, you play punk music? I, I'm
2: going to be honest. I was going through the songs to send you and I remembered this one and I pulled it up and I was like, what am I going to say about this song? Because I don't really remember what I wrote this song about. I, I, more, <laughs> I, I more remember just the the process of making it. How because- old were you? Uh, I must for that one I must have been 16 I think okay this one I was listening to a lot of uh, the rapture at the time oh
0: my god but okay. did,
2: but didn't have the technology to make that kind of music right on. so like I, I had like a little drum machine and like a, one of these toy keyboards and like a friend like left a synth at my house and then I made this song <laughs> <laughs> You have, have the, you have to have the egregiously long outro, you know. No,
0: of course not. Egregiously long? That was like barely that. Is, that is hardly egregiously long, my friend. That is. That was. I mean, I mean, like you're clearly so. So honestly, just really, really quickly, before I start fucking ranting, what if you? You've already ranted. It's too late. Oh shit! I, uh, how precious is this song to you? <laughs> it's-
2: uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, cause I, I produce in, and mix music now. So on that side, I just hear it. I'm like, Oh my God.
3: It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, a little low on the vocals there. Though. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, it's, it's just, there is no mix. You know what I mean? I listen to the song and I think of like how I mix it, which was at the time, I didn't even use a computer. I had this little teeny, little red Fostex recording unit, which I think a lot of these, which a lot of these were recorded on. And so I would just fill up the tracks and then I'd have to bounce everything to one to if I wanted to get more. And then it was like no turning back. And then it, like if I wanted to make any adjustments, I used sound recorder on a Windows PC and you could add a new sound like multi-track and then you could decide if that sound should be 50% or 25% louder or 25% quieter than the previous one. So that was the only control I had. So that was me mixing.
3: Yeah, that's
0: that's a kick, man. That's barely going. I got
3: a, a hint of Gang of Four in there, which was really okay. strong. Okay, I'll take um, that. <laughs> I, I, the the thing that stood out the most though was uh, during the breakdown. I could not help but think of those bats in like you know you know what I'm talking about when uh, in like Halloween time, and then
2: like
3: oh. you're
4: walking, and then you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right on. Yes.
2: I actually have. It's it's funny you say that because I have this little ball that if you it has these two little pickups on it. And if you touch both of them, it makes that exact noise. And I have oh, it. In, I have it in my percussion box because I'm like, one day I need that sound.
3: If this song didn't get a flash animation, uh, <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you, this, yeah, right on. <laughs> This song needed like yeah I know a, like it needed an, like an albino sort of... black sheep era like you know flash yes. animation or something yeah.
2: exactly I, I or
0: like know. or like the learning you know the family learning channel commercials you know what I mean like we could almost have something ridiculous like that.
2: The thing I remember the most about this is that my buddy who I had been making music with around that time, his name was Weston. He just bought this super dope chord keyboard that was like I don't even remember what model it was, but. He, for some reason or another, left it at my house for a weekend. In my head, I was like, okay, I got to make something with it this weekend because I, I, like, I'm like i not going to have it in my house anymore. And so I had this little Elystis drum machine and this synthesizer and these little Yamaha keyboards. And it had a vocorder on it, which is how I did those little high-pitched vocals in the background. Hmm. That's what I remember the most about it. The way I had to record was super frustrating, but somehow I got like really fast at it because like i had to bounce all the tracks to one and then and even the record the machine i was using i didn't even really yeah, fully know how to use it you know like
0: it's such a pain in the ass and that's such a. am sorry I interrupted
2: <laughs> no 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 it's it, it is a pain in the ass and i like because you have these ideas and you're like i can't do it because i just don't know what i'm doing but also i was kind of lazy about recording and i'm like <laughs> i i didn't really want to spend time learning how to do it i just wanted to do the thing that i like that was fun to do like play the keyboard and stuff would you say that like that like
0: the experience of you coming together with this was one of those sort of like seminal early experiences where you're like, oh my god, this is the, or at least the fun part of this, the but the ratio of bullshit to fun is so low that I could maybe do this for the rest of my life. Like, was this oh one of the-
2: totally these early recordings that just remind me of like why I love recording and why like a, like songwriting and recording to me just go hand in hand because it's kind of how I write. Especially now, I just I use the studio as like a way to write things. I just remember, like the first time I like accomplished anything in recording, like just the fact that I can multi-track something just blew my mind. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. wait, I can record something and then hear it back in my headphones and record something else at the same time. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm gonna get a drum set. Like, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a drummer, but I don't care. Like, I need a drum set in my house now.
3: What did your parents <laughs> think about uh, you making music?
2: They were super supportive. My parents were like, they're religious. But they are also kind of like hippie esque. My mom was just like, you know, Beatles and Cat Stevens and stuff, but would go to church every week. And like, despite a lot of people, you know, think religious parents are not going to be supportive of that, but my parents were very much like, um, you know, you know, you can do anything you want. You can, you can, if you want to be a like a, a cl- professional clown, then I support you kind of but person. To, to, get,
0: to get them context in just in terms of like your living situation in general, or, or back then. Was that was that common within your community, within your school, within your neighborhood, or was that or was that more of a unique
2: um, philosophy? Um, see, I, I think I thought it was common until, until I, <laughs> I became an adult, and like and then I I I'm not a religious person myself, but then like when I became an adult and uh, realized. I did come from a very religious household and just didn't really like really realize it because to me I didn't take it seriously ever. And I just thought it was like this bullshit thing that I had to do every Sunday and then, you know, just get through it.
0: (laughs) Oh preach, dude. I was raised like I thought I was raised Christian until I found out I was raised Protestant. Oh, okay. You know what
3: I mean? You're not religious, but religion certainly plays a huge role in a lot of your writing.
2: Oh yeah, it's a, the it's it's a the newest album is definitely is a concept album about leaving my the religion I was raised in.
3: Well, we'll get yeah. to that later. In the meantime, yeah. let's hear what this song is about. Christian said, "I'm a prophet." Give us a little uh, uh, clue into what to expect with this track. Um,
2: okay, so I think this one is I was using similar instruments. I was still using a drum machine because I had one, and so that's why I was using it. <laughs> This one's incorporating more guitar. It's a little bit less of what you heard before with Walking Down the Cellar. It's a little bit more developed, I think. I I dated a girl who was Mormon. And I think that in that process, through dating someone who is devoutly religious, I realized that like that's not for me. And also I started realizing, I'm like, oh man, my family's religious. I need to like really figure out what this all is. You know what I mean? Songwriting-wise and and, uh, arrangement-wise, this one's just a little bit, I guess maybe slightly better i mean i don't think the mix is any better but and it's <laughs> for
0: chronology where how old were you when you did this one
2: this one i believe was i was i think i was a senior in high school
3: oh perfect okay in this awesome. one cool. yeah awesome. okay onward let's hear it <laughs> girls eh
2: <laughs> oh for the record there's there's a kind of a cringy line in there and where where it, was
3: the cringy line yeah, you you, you, yeah, <laughs> you the, the you've
2: got babies to make is, yeah, is not is you're, not coming from me because it was about that's what she used to tell me all the time that she that was her purpose and that freaked me the hell out
0: <laughs> i did not get the sense that this was a sort of breakup song or like even a lament it was like it was very i very much got the sense that this was a sort of like this is how I deal with just the, the life song. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. as very early, modest mousy, you know what I mean? Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I, I'm, I'm never very good at, at, at pointing out my influences because I mm-hmm. think even, especially at that time, I think my, my, the things I was listening to was a very narrow scope of things. I just listened to what my friends listened to. Essentially. I was not like a tastemaker as far as like what kind of music to listen to. Like, mm-hmm. It's more the other way around. I usually start getting attracted to music that sounds like the stuff that I am making. If there was a band that was influencing me a lot, I think um, Bright Eyes, probably. Really?
3: I can hear that. I can <laughs> hear that for sure. Yeah. Definitely a yeah. little Conor Oberst in there.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I just, I think what it was is like, a lot of times, I would I would be like, okay, I like this song that I heard, or I would like start to try to play a song or like cover a song, and I'd be like, I, I just can't I can't do that. What they do, you know what I mean? I'm just gonna do
3: some other random thing. <laughs> Who did you share this with? The did you song? share it with anybody? Or I mean, that not, oh, not, not necessarily so, okay, this so, song, but like overall this or any other of these songs that were made around this time. Do you, did guys you share remember, it with
2: people? Do you remember PureVolume.com?
3: It sounds really I, familiar
2: I
0: had like two days exposure to that site and that okay was- yeah
2: it was very much that time it's like it was it was like bandcamp kind of is right now but you couldn't do you could just I think you could just stream I don't
3: think you could download anything yeah i don't but, uh, it,
0: it wasn't like a lime wire it wasn't anything yeah. no
3: yeah. it was past real player days so the, yeah, it yeah, yeah. Good. so, so
2: I, I think i would just i would go on to, like i was into live journal at the time oh
4: my where are God. you, where are you? <laughs> what was
3: what was your username I, on live journal let me okay, look you my,
2: up my now. username was lay off my shoes <laughs> <laughs> but i i i made damn sure that that is deleted now it is good. i mean i mean i'm hey. sure they still have it in a in some sort of vault i would like post on live journal like check out my pure volume i just recorded a song and right. it would, you know i would never promote anything i would just be like i recorded it listen to yeah. it and that, back then my friends you know had nothing better to do and so they'd go and listen to it and then we talk about it at school yeah. that's cool yeah i
3: mean, I mean dude, it's- that's
0: a dream right like you're a teenager you're just like your your creativity is budding like a motherfucker and you're experimenting with your crew like jesus dude, yeah that's
2: a dream uh, it was fun. Yeah, we. I. I my best friend was uh, a drummer as well. And so eventually we started a band, which took us like a weird amount of time to figure out that we should start a band because he was a drummer for like longer than I even played music. And then I started playing guitar and we're like, dude, we've been playing music for like two years. Why aren't we just playing rock shows?
0: Give us how that influenced the lead-in to Golden Alphabet.
2: So, I mean, he was only a, a drummer for Golden Alphabet occasionally, but him and I started like a... Um, for a really long time golden Alphabet was just me in my room by myself just doing stuff and then like by the time i went got to college is when other people started getting involved um but him and i started a punk band together and then that's the, and then that like the fact that i was playing in a band made me start thinking about golden alphabet my stuff being like you know maybe i need to you know start playing this live and trying to figure out like if we can play shows. doing what was, the, what,
3: what was the first live experience that you can recall?
2: Let's see. So the first time I ever played live with Golden Alphabet, I used to just play like the first band, meaning someone else was playing with me, was this guy, uh, Ken, that I went to high school with, and he played trumpet. So he'd play shows with me on acoustic guitar and him on trumpet, <laughs> <laughs> which was like a really really tough Great, it was it was a t- but it's tough to like to do that live and like have that be like a cool energy thing that's I mean, happening
0: everybody could hear the trumpet you
2: know what I mean? <laughs> uh, oh yeah no it's definitely he, and he was good at trumpet i wasn't like i like he'd been playing trumpet for longer than i've been playing guitar so it's like this guy who's just like hacking at his guitar and nice. like barely singing and then this guy's <laughs> killing it on the trumpet over him
0: you were the true you were the true heart of the band there right (laughs) just just shredding on the guitar in the background
2: yeah yeah um but i I don't know Uh, i didn't really like playing golden alphabet shows live for a while because i feel like all i could hear was what wasn't being played and like the things that were missing and stuff like that it wasn't until you know i could get enough people to play all the parts that i started really liking it
3: don't go anywhere. We got more with Tommy right after this quick word from RFP. This is Lost Everywhere.
0: Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org donate.
3: Still in this era where you're uh, more or less a, a bedroom producer, if, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Um, yeah. I find this name uh, rather particularly Southwest sounding. Uh, it's called Old Sonoida Highway. Yes. Sonoida oh, yeah. Highway is a real place.
2: Yeah, the, the old Sonoyta Highway was a highway that my dad would take me to go to this. It was, there's this place called Rosemont Junction, which essentially was just a dirt road that came off the side of the highway and it led to this giant expanse of desert that you could just camp in. Awesome. Um, it was just like a little bit south, uh, I guess. It was, it, was, it was about an hour, maybe an hour and a half outside of Tucson. But I could be wrong, could be closer. I'll tell you, uh,
3: I've I've been to Arizona only once. My only experience with Arizona was up north by... um uh Sedona and uh Scottsdale and everything yeah 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 exactly we didn't quite get to the Grand Canyon because my grandmother who was there for her 95th was not really into the whole hiking and seeing lots of you know beautiful scenery she more just wanted to hang out at the resort so (laughs) we had to do what grandma wanted to do
2: I mean that sounds fun
1: too
0: my only experience with um the area that you're describing are these just like endless pictures of just open open space so oh, yeah. open and every time all i've ever heard from my best friend theo about it because he goes there just to just a deep deep like basically de-stress every year mm-hmm. um was that no picture can do it justice is that is that basically accurate
2: yeah i particularly like uh i mean for two reasons and i think that in uh in the desert in the uh, southern um uh arizona the in the winter time is really nice because like the, it's it's kind of crazy because during the days it can still get up to like eighty 70, degrees, almost 80 degrees. And yeah. then at night it drops like 50 degrees. That was
3: the thing. I yeah. went there in December and wow. I was like, it was the first time I'd ever been anywhere during the Christmas season yeah. with no snow on the ground. Very cold at night, but yeah. very warm in the daytime. And it just blew my mind how different the day and night temps were because yeah. it's just so fucking dry out there.
2: Yeah, and in that night in the in the winter time in the desert, it's it's really cool. Um,
3: would you go know, camping should... during the winter time with your oh, dad? Yeah, yeah,
2: my dad would take us uh, cold weather camping. And then uh, when when I wrote this song is actually after I started getting in with this group of friends. I used to skateboard all the time, so I got Matt, the right. skater guys, and I was like, we should all go camping. And uh, they're like, cool. They none of them had ever like gone camping, or I mean, I think most of them hadn't. I think a couple of them had, but they're like, where do we even go? I'm like, well, I only know this one place by heart, hmm. so it's off the old Sonoda Highway. Let's just drive there and go. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, and that's,
0: uh, that's a yeah. proper adventure. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, know. it's cool, cool. And like we, the the uh, the the subject matter of the song, the old Sonoda Highway, is uh, we had we had all the big group had gotten to the campsite, and um, we knew that another car was coming but later and they had no idea where we're going to be but they knew to turn off of rosemont junction off the old senoida highway this is before we had Mm -hmm. cell phones and stuff so a group of us went and we knew approximately what time they're going to go like a like two of us went in my truck and just parked next to the 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 outlet off the highway so that we could see our friend's car (laughs) honked at them and then they'd turn around and follow us down that's 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 the way to do it waiting a lot longer than we expected and a friend of mine said uh i'm standing by the old Sonoda highway and i'm waiting for someone to come by and for some reason it just stuck with me
1: little girl that i had found the want to wrap my arms around i think it's plain to see that i'm the only one I will lock myself in a room and I'll sit and I'll stare at myself in the mirror. Little girl that I found, the one around my I'm standing by the Old Senoida Highway and I'm waiting for someone to come by. And I know it doesn't happen much and I'm not exactly in a rush but it would be nice to stop by and say hi. Standing by the old Sonora Highway and I'm waiting for someone to come by And I know it doesn't happen much and I'm not exactly in a rush but it would be nice to stop by
3: You mentioned what your mom listened to when you were younger, but you didn't mention what your dad listened to.
2: Uh, my dad listened to um, a lot of, like, 70s country, 70s and 80s country. Um, like what artists? Like uh, Don Williams. Um, he, I mean, also, like, Hank Williams. All the any, Anyone with the last name Williams... He... <laughs> he ran to the whole family yeah. um You're listening to uh, family. yeah i mean uh, let's see who else
3: set the williams spotify yeah, playlist Chris
2: christopherson like that kind of shit yeah like, like might add had wow. this big workshop in the backyard and he would just be blasting the country music station
3: that had an uh, effect yeah. on you though oh absolutely you have a very
0: like deeply ingrained talent for mode changes is that something that is a that is a sort of like southwest thing What I was always sort of associated with sort of folky mode changes, I've always thought of as a like denoter of somebody who has a very developed palette for a lot of different kinds of music. I'm trying to tell whether it's that, whether you just have a fucking crazy palette (laughs) or whether you're or whether this is like something that is truly of the Southwest.
2: It's, it's, i don't really know i think i think uh and i and i've gotten that a lot from other musicians that i worked with and stuff a lot of times i get people who are like well you these, these are two different songs i'm trying to teach them the song and they're like these are two different songs why why can't we just make these two different songs i'm like i just i mean because they're not it, yeah they work well <laughs> together yeah what do they, what are they <laughs> No, they
3: absolutely are <laughs> yeah. the same song
2: yeah, yeah exactly yeah Um, that's a guy who doesn't
3: know what he's talking about oh no well
2: i mean like i've never considered myself someone who particularly knows who they're talking about what they're talking (laughs) about But, but, but uh i think to make it more simple it's just i i lose um interest in in a certain mode at a certain point like i i'll write a lot of songs that's just repetitive it's the same thing the entire song and then sometimes i'll write a song where i'm like I want to do 45 seconds of this and then do this other thing and then do this other thing and never repeat anything ever again, because I've just, I'm over it. But it's like, yeah. like there's this one structure I'll make that I only want to hear once in the song and I never want to hear it again.
0: So when or I'll bring it back. So when Franz Ferdinand hit, was that like, was that, <laughs> a
2: uh, no, I mean, they're, they're cool because like, I like their kind of uh, like post-punk pop thing that they're doing. And like they, I loved like the, the stop We're going to do something else kind of thing. My band Feel Good Revolution, we were all about that. We love to not deliver on expectation. Um, like it was a, it was a big thing for us to just to do, to add an extra measure where it didn't make any sense or to do a weird timing just for two measures of a song for no reason. None of us were music nerds or like went to school for music or anything, but we're just so, we're just so fascinated by the fact that we get to make the rules about what we're making. So we're like, why don't we just do something stupid for no reason?
3: I was hearing things here that I did hear on the last two. So we, clearly you've been progressing and you've been, you know, picking new ideas and just like trying things. Things out. Who does the Feel background free. vocals on this?
2: Oh, that was my sister. Nice, uh, Shana, The same that one nice. that I moved in with. Both of my sisters knew how to, knew how to sing. And so in high school, occasionally I would just like knock on their bedroom door and be like, "I need a female vocalist for this. Can you come do this thing for me?"
0: <laughs> That's great.
4: That's yeah. awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah. And they're, and they're they're both actresses. So um, in in singers and so they you know like they're super down for that kind of stuff so
3: you have two sisters two both older yes i'm the youngest okay. of three yeah got it oh my god um, you're the baby i am and this, yeah. this was made when you were in college that one
2: was let me see yeah that one is early college yeah
3: early college at the university of arizona where uh in line uh does that fall with this next submission uh, of which uh is entitled most southwest appropriately this cactus oh, yeah. country so,
2: yeah, this Cactus Country is from a record that I actually the first record that I made with You can
3: hear it on Bandcamp actually, right? You can hear it on Bandcamp.
2: Yeah, I, um it's it's the first record I made with a band
3: uh for Golden Alphabet. This album that this Cactus Country comes off of was released in 2010. Um mm-hmm. you would graduate already.
2: Okay. Yeah, this we actually released this uh almost exactly a month before we left for New York.
3: Wow. That, okay right um, you had already um, you, you had been starting to date your now wife at this point
2: oh yeah we had we had been together she's she's now in the band she's playing bass in this record
3: you have 18 um, people all together working on this record with you um, uh, including yourself I'd, i should say
2: i'd have to pull up the the thing uh i counted like, i have oh, it in front of
3: yeah. okay. me yeah, imaginary so right. glasses <laughs> <laughs> i counted no um, i'm looking at a lot of members here though it's really like it's like
2: yeah the List of our members, yeah. A list of your
3: members, and then additional members. I mean, I'm just like looking at this, and for what it may be worth, uh, for the listener to understand, uh, you, you have a, a significant list of collaborators on this very first album of oh, yeah. Golden Alphabet, of which is called A List of Our Worries a oh, fantastic yes. name for an album. <laughs> Thank you.
2: the 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 fidelity of the of the title is better than the fidelity of the
3: record oh oh, oh, you have come to the right place (laughs) shall we take a listen to what this cactus country has for us fidelity wise (laughs) just fidelity wise just (laughs) for everything everything lyrically musically um how many people are playing on this song it was a band size Uh, oh
2: man um Well, actually the fidelity has something to do with that because there's so many instruments and we didn't really know what we're doing we knew a little bit more but we like we we couldn't mix it properly so that you could hear everything that was happening i believe there's probably i'm guessing there's like a hundred tracks on this song but then oh my
0: god wow
2: but then we it's just layers and layers of of everything we could possibly think of you know we had two horn players two drummers um uh, bass, like three guitar players, keyboards, um, like sampler. Um, God, I don't even like percussionists, vacuum vocalists.
3: Thank, thank goodness that you guys weren't wearing masks <laughs> and referring to yourselves by numbers. That's all I gotta say. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was hard to keep them all straight, you
3: know. <laughs> all right, here onward we go to "This Cactus Country" by Golden Alphabet. Here on Lost and Rewound Radio, Free Brooklyn. Coming
1: to a close like a shoddy I just can't wake up like this I can't wake up like this Anymore Anymore Everyone is spinning like a -a thermochoke They get pulled and pulled Till the strings get broken They seem to change with the weather It's the weather that I welcome now It's blowing away
0: Show generally plays the role of just being a hype man right like <laughs> i listen to what people say and i large i listen to people's music and by and large we do get great artists on the show but i'm going to go on bad camp and download this and just listen to this a bunch
3: like that's oh, a yeah. great
0: fucking song dude that's you sure, man. Man. then but you
3: we're just getting better and better, right? Like you I'm, should go to goldenalphabet.bandcamp.com, and anybody else who's interested can do the same. Oh yeah,
2: we've got um, vinyl.
3: You've got are you serious? fuck yeah.
2: Oh yeah, newest records on vinyl.
3: There's a, a lot to unpack yeah. here because um, sonically, there's just so much going on, and we, you, you gave us enough of a, an advance notice so that uh, we <laughs> do to expect that. What's it about?
2: You know, this one's kind of like a vague feeling kind of song. It's one of the songs that I'm kind of subliminally just talking about how I need to get out of the desert and I don't want to live there anymore. Yeah. Um, There's something about it that's just making me want to
3: get out. This new album, Removable Baby Jesus. Let's uh, talk about the first and most (laughs) important part, (laughs) which is ever yeah how did you come up with this concept uh what is it about
2: i didn't want to write a record because that it's just it's such a long and obnoxious process um i prefer doing like singles or uh just eps or something like that but i had a number of songs that i was writing because i was thinking a lot about um my family and how i was raised and um it just was coming out in music and i just didn't i didn't really consciously set out to make a record about leaving the catholic church because i I, which which is weird to even say because i don't think i was ever really a part of it i just like my parents were and i was i was present physically (laughs) i was i never was into it um it's just a lot of songs that cover different parts of being young and not being able to realize that you have a feeling about something and you're not even doing anything about it or saying anything about it and then you you build up some sort of resentment even though there's no one you have to resent besides like yourself really because you didn't speak up you didn't say anything.
3: Our final song of this hour of which is the newest song of the Golden Alphabet catalog off the new album Removable Baby Jesus available on Bandcamp and it's called Sunday's I Gave.
1: Back in those days I was thinking a lot I was pushing the rake. I was smoking the pot I was living, I was living, I was living They were basketball teams I was taking a shot, I was losing the game, I was coming in hot, I wore ribbons, I wore ribbons, I wore ribbons. ribbons.
3: this is such a good album i wanted to Thank listen you. to it and i am glad that i had that desire that drive to listen to it i was left feeling like really like excited to talk about this record awesome, and your stuff this hour with you um god listening to that well you know let, let's address the the last thing we heard in that song which was uh as has come up on this show quite often mm-hmm. a a good fade are you a fan of a good fade <laughs> you <Yeah>. had very <laughs> measured harmonies in that fade
2: yeah, no, it's it's um, it's about like 50 layers of of yeah. Nate going like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> Fuck yeah, Fuck, dude.
4: that's yeah. so good.
3: Tommy, we got to go in a little bit. Tell the <laughs> uh, the people where we could go to listen or uh, check out further music of Golden Alphabet.
2: Uh, we got Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud.
3: And you had mentioned that you released uh, the album on vinyl. So if Yes, you, it's, you can to, buy
2: it. You can buy it on vinyl. It's a 45 12-inch RPM. Removing? Sorry, 45 RPM.
3: Yeah, removable baby Jesus uh, on your record player. Yes,
2: yes. You can remove it or you can... Or and
0: do you guys have anything along the lines of a online show or a online presentation? Or do you guys have anything... Like so a performance we, yeah,
2: we did a little album release thing. Um uh nice. that was that was fun. Um, it was definitely also us figuring out how to do that well. Um, we're gonna be doing some more of those soon. Uh on Instagram we'll be announcing that kind of stuff. We maintain our Facebook, but it's mostly like if we're gonna do a thing, we'll usually we'll tell people on Instagram.
3: Tommy Cormier. Thank you very much, my friend, for joining Will and I on this edition of Lost and Rewound.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me. This was right. fun.
0: Anytime, man. Seriously, it's been a pleasure. You know, keep us updated, and you know, anytime you want to come back on and show us some
3: more stuff. Yeah, seriously, oh, yeah, anytime. Yeah, I, I, I keep on making great music, and uh, keep yeah. on sharing uh, some of that music with us the next time around. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. keep in touch, guys, and uh, hopefully we can uh, have a beer in person sometime. I yeah. yeah.
3: would, would love, <laughs> love that. Yeah. Before we wrap up, just a quick announcement. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with the locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the Running Tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out cityrunningtours.com slash New York City for more information. And check out a live tour every Saturday at 10 a.m. on Instagram.com slash City Running Tours. This has been Episode 242 of Lost and Rewound. Join us next week from 3 to 4 p.m. for more conversation, music, and laughs. Only here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is Ilan signing out from the Lair. Peace.
0: Wonder, or, just, or
2: just play it in reverse after that. You're
0: you You're
4: are